client meetings can quickly suck up all your time. And time? Well, time is a finite resource. In fact, time is often the major limiting factor to growth in a service business. There's never enough time to do all the things we want to do. But so often, meetings feel like a required element. Client meetings are inevitable, right? They're destined to take up time on our calendars. Or are they? You're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit, and increase your operational capacity. And I'm your host, Susan Bowles. Now, I have a personal dislike of meetings in general. Meetings wasted way too much of my time during my stint in government and higher ed. I've spent time in more meetings about meetings or meetings to prepare for other meetings than I can count. So I've truly felt the pain of being in meetings that really could have been an email. As we've been talking about opting out the last month on the show, I wanted to explore the idea of opting out of client meetings. Are they really inevitable? Or are there ways to explore working with clients that still deliver really high touch services in unique ways that might actually be more effective at delivering value than a meeting could be? So this month on the show, I'm asking the question, does it have to be a meeting? Spoiler alert, it doesn't. If you've ever wondered whether you could reclaim your time by eliminating your client meetings, the next four episodes are for you. We'll talk about creating intensive style services that move projects forward faster and with fewer meetings. And we'll explore using Voxer as a unique communication tool to provide support at the exact right moments your clients need you. I'll talk to Parker Stevenson about creating a retainer monthly service that moves away from meetings towards using Loom videos and eventually to group office hours. And I'll talk to Greg Hickman about developing a unique service where he's taking the processes he developed for his own business, and now he trains clients on how to do his service for themselves. Today, we're starting with rethinking how services might be delivered in an intensive style. Basically taking all that work you do over several weeks or months with a client and condensing it down into just a few hours or days. So you drastically speed up your results for clients, but also reduce the amount of time that you might spend in those update meetings or trying to drag a project along and keep it to a schedule. I'm going to talk to two different founders who both use an intensive style service, but with different approaches. It's changing the container. I'm still serving people one-on-one and it still feels really high touch. It still feels really intimate, but we've changed the container from a six-month partnership to a two-week coaching intensive. So I can serve more people that way and I can really automate the process. That's Ashley Garton. She's a business coach who helps small business owners and online entrepreneurs simplify and streamline their businesses. Her approach has been to take her six-month coaching partnership and condense it down into a two-week intensive, tackling one specific challenge. When I launched my coaching practice, I first started with one-on-one services because I knew it was a really great way to get started and to hone my skill set and grow my practice. And then the narrative around me was so focused on doing membership groups and doing like group coaching programs and doing mastermind groups. And that the narrative was that this is the best way to scale your capacity. And for me, it was also like it could lower the price of my services a little bit and I could serve more people. So I definitely went down that path for a while. I did at least two groups. I was trying to remember the other day. 
And the first one that I launched was all group work. Like I tried to scale by serving a group of 10 women. And what I found was I didn't love it. I didn't love being a facilitator of the group. If you've thought about how to leverage the time you spend in client meetings, Ashley's foray into running groups probably sounds like a familiar solution. Instead of meeting with one person, meet with five or 10 or 30. And that can certainly work. But meeting with groups can leave something to be desired if service delivery and high touch experiences are your jam. I thought maybe I just need to design the group a little bit better. Maybe that's not the problem. I just need to fix a few things. So the second time I launched a group, I did kind of the same number of people and I included a one-on-one call with me as one of the features of the service. And so I got to have that one-on-one time with everybody, but it still didn't feel like enough and I still didn't love it. So what I ended up doing was putting groups on hold and I just went back to longer term one-on-one coaching engagements for quite some time. And I kind of felt like, If this is my choice, then I'm just going to be able to scale to this level and this will be it. But sometimes you have to see how someone else makes it work for you to see the opportunity in front of you. And that's what happened for Ashley. I had the opportunity to do a coaching intensive with a really incredible mentor. And that's what like sparked a new idea for me, realizing like I could offer coaching intensives, like my business could work like this. I could also offer this as an addition to the one-on-one partnerships because I saw how great they were when I got to experience it as the client. And I saw that they would allow me to serve more business owners and scale. So that's where I started to explore intensives. And that's really been my path to scaling outside of the one-to-one services. So you're basically, you're approaching, rethinking the services that you could offer Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that you are presenting those offers so that it's something that is easier for you to handle from an operational perspective, but minimizes the recurring high touch capacity, essentially, is that? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's changing the container. I'm still serving people one-on-one and it still feels really high touch. It still feels really intimate, but we've changed the container from a six month partnership to a two week coaching intensive. So I can serve more people that way and I can really automate the process. And that's been a period of like really refining over time. This started with a test run, really a couple people had expressed interest in working with me, but they had said like, I don't really need a six month partnership. I just really need a little bit of support and I didn't have anything with them. So at that time we just kind of stopped the conversation. But when I started offering intensives, I went back to those people. I fleshed out a few details and asked them if they wanted to pilot the new coaching intensives with me. And I found that in doing it with them, I loved the service. And I also started to identify like how I could refine it to make it better for my business as I was delivering these. Gotcha. So can you, can you tell me a little bit more about your intensives, how they work? How, how have you kind of refined the process there? Yeah. So when I first got started with them, it was really general. It was a kind of remember 90 minute or two hour private coaching intensive and it was open-ended. Like they could bring anything they wanted and we would dive into it. And what I realized was that it's really hard to cram like everything in the kitchen sink into two hours and a few weeks of email support afterwards. And so what I started asking my clients to do was really define the scope of what we were going to be focusing on before we got on. And that allowed me to get more information from them up front And it also gave us a really clear idea of what we were focusing on and what kind of concrete results we were going to try and create with that intensive. So that was the first level of really getting more intentional about it and starting to make it work a little bit better for my business and get them better results. 
The next level of refining happened when I really started paying attention to what people were using that intensive for. And I started to see trends and themes there. And I noticed that most people were hiring me for a coaching intensive for three different things. One, they wanted to work on streamlining their services. Other people would want to work on streamlining their systems and getting their delegation plan and a support team in place. And then the third category was people wanted to work together to design their simplified marketing plan and really figure out how to market their business without overwhelm. So that's when things really started to gel. And now I offer these three coaching intensives in these areas. I've got questionnaires set up for them and I know what we're going to be doing. So it's easier for me to deliver them. And are you delivering all of these yourself? Are you bringing in any members of your team to do parts of them? Or this is pretty much just you one-on-one with the clients? Yeah, it's just me one-on-one. My team helps with the onboarding, you know, sending out the pre-intensive survey, but it's terms of like who's delivering the service and who's getting support. It's just me. So I do, I can do four of these a month. So that really changes the game for me revenue-wise. It changes the game for me and how many people I'm able to serve. And I'm only working, you know, eight more hours a month doing it. I love that. So I heard on, I think it was on the What Works podcast that you did with Tara, uh, that you were talking about a like three weeks on, one week off kind of uh, workflow. Mm -hmm. Is that, are you still doing that? And how's it going? I love it. And I'm on my week off here. And by week off, like I'm like putting quotations around the word off. It's off in terms of like, I can enjoy a lot of spaciousness and I can enjoy call free time, but I can also spend it working on my own business and doing podcast interviews and like going behind the scenes and streamlining things on my own business. So what, how this came about was realizing that when I streamlined my services, that I had this beautiful opportunity to serve my clients three weeks on with calls and then take a week off, which has been really great for me and for them. And it just, it kind of just came about naturally. Like when I looked at my schedule and saw that my package includes three calls a month. So why not do those the first three weeks and then give myself that last week off to do some really important internal work or to take a vacation, to be quite honest. And have you found that, so when you are taking, taking vacations from your business, are you purposefully scheduling them for that last week or are you taking vacations other times and um, moving your schedule? How do you approach the taking time off away from the business Is it within that box? Yeah, ideally, yes. So I started doing this this three weeks on, one week off schedule in September. So it's still really, really new. But the way that it works so lovely with my family is that most of the time my kids have breaks is the last week of the month. And if I want to take time off other times of the year, you know, in the middle of a month or something like that, then I will move my calls around and make it work. But ideally, like this gives us a nice framework. And if we can make it work so we can take the vacations and the time off during those weeks. We absolutely will because it creates a lot of ease behind the scenes. That's- I used to have four weeks open of calls and people could schedule their three weeks whenever they wanted to, but I'm like, why, why am I doing that? Everybody can schedule in the first three weeks. I can batch my client calls and that frees up an entire week for me. No one has told us we can do these things. And so we sometimes forget that we're empowered to do those. So I think when you're thinking about breaking outside the mold from traditional models in your industry, or you're thinking about changing your schedule or how you deliver calls or minimizing calls. Like there is a real element of permission giving that needs to go on. So you need to give yourself permission to design your business differently and design it to support the life that you want to lead. But you also need to give yourself permission to experiment with multiple iterations until you land on something that works for you and your clients. 
As you heard, Ashley's approach was to take a service she already had and figure out how to deliver the same service in a shorter time by cutting out all that time that we spend project managing or updating or just waiting for time to pass because we think it might be necessary to the process. She's still delivering her coaching partnership, but she reframed the container. Now, let's explore an alternative way to approach intensives. Haley Thomas is a marketing and operations project manager for small business owners. And as every person who's ever managed any kind of big project knows, the schedule can quickly go off the rails. Even the best schedule, the most diligent planning, doesn't prevent life from happening, from priorities from changing over time, and the inevitable let's just touch base meetings to figure out what's holding up progress. Haley also had some pretty specific requirements for when she could actually do work. So she had to rethink how she was approaching these projects completely. And she came up with the idea of a work retreat. So you take the whole project, consolidate it down to three days, and execute the whole thing in a relaxing, nurturing environment. Sound like a fantasy? I don't know. All I know is that after listening to Haley describe her work retreats, it sounds like a founder's dream come true. What I started to do is say, okay, what if instead of having one project that lasts, let's say, an entire quarter, and we kind of parcel out you meeting with me for one hour a week, what if we just met for three days and like banged out most of a project? Like I said, a founder's dream come true. Haley started to figure out what it would take to turn a 90-day project into a three-day project. So I've been doing these um, working retreats with my clients where um, I like rent us a house and we've got tons of great snacks and I like music, so like decent music. And it's usually in a kind of inspiring space. And um, we go into it with a, with a really specific plan for what we're going to build or what we want to you know, whiteboard or experiment on or whatever, and literally just bang it out over three days. And then we don't have to meet super regularly for the next 90 days. We can just get it all done fairly quickly. And that was such a huge, like, revelation to me that, like, oh, I can just work the way that feels good to me. And people like this. Like, other people, my clients, don't like this project dragging on for months. I mean, it doesn't work for anybody. Like, everybody... Yeah accepts that it's sort of generally the nature of big projects that they're going to go off the rails and no matter how many processes or frameworks you put in place like just like you said the nature of project management tends to drag but everybody gets tired towards the end of the process Mm -hmm. and everybody gets sick of it dragging everybody just wants things to happen now Mm -hmm. and I love the the concept that it just can. <laughs> right. Like it was such <laughs> that there is a way to just make it that happen. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that it allows us to do, right. So when a project, like when we kind of anticipate something taking 90 days, I don't know what it is, but we kind of put in our mind that, you know, I, I have time, like I'm going to go ahead and space my thinking out over 90 days. I'm going to space my visioning out over 90 days. It just seems like there's much, there's more time right? Mm -hmm. But when you do it in, let's say, a long weekend, well, you spend more time, like it's paramount actually that you have that vision and that idea of what's going to happen next in place. And that's actually where we start our weekends is just, well, what do you envision for your business in the next six months and kind of work backwards from there and make sure that what we're working on lines up with where you're trying to go and all that. But it just like supercharges all the stuff that typically takes people 
you know, you think you have time to figure it out. So maybe you mm -hmm. don't spend a lot of time figuring those things out, but you kind of have to because we've got <laughs> three days. You only have three days. <laughs> right, yeah. So how do you allow for, um, I guess you could call it kind of a creative process. You know, when you're iterating mm -hmm. on an idea and kind of continually <clears throat> refining that to get down to what your vision really is from, you know, where the vision starts out to, I guess, when you come up with a concept of something that you want to do, it tends to be big and hard to get your head around. And sometimes there's a bit of an iterative process to get to the vision that you're going to actually execute. How do you kind of build that into your process to get from big picture to executable vision in a finite amount of time? You know, because sometimes those things sort of have to Percolate? Yeah, are you doing yeah. percolating before? Are you building that into the beginning of the process? How do you approach that? Yeah, so there is, this isn't like they just show up and we like jump into work. There is some like conversation beforehand. By the time people get to me, this has been projects or thoughts or um, plans that they've been percolating on for a long time. The issue is that they're, they haven't been able to execute it or okay. they've, they have enough vision of what it needs to, or what they think it should be, mm -hmm. but they need to hash out all the details and figure out who on their team is going to do what and when and how does that fit and what should we, what goals should we put around it and yada yada. So typically they've done some of that percolating before we get there. But the other thing, which is the other reason why I, like, it's just, it, I, I'm really excited about these because it is truly something that like brings in the stuff that I'm best at. So mm -hmm. I'm very like, I'm a project manager, so I like my order and I like my list, but I am really, really good at asking questions and helping people translate vision into a project plan. That's like, that's like the thing that I do. Right. And so um, I feel pretty good about my ability for someone to go, you know, this is what I'm thinking and being able to sift through it fairly quickly in a few hours and okay, this is what it is. Like, this Here's is what, what it you're is. Gonna do. Yeah. So this kind of takes advantage of this, the skill that I have, which I couldn't really, I don't want to say that I couldn't do that before when we were like spanning projects out over a long time, but it felt like there was just glimpses of that little piece that I like to do a whole mm -hmm. lot. This is like, it, it concentrated. <laughs> so in a few hours and, and it's one of those things, like that's why people would specifically come to me to do this work because I'm pretty good at that, at that component. And so they just, it's kind of like, they just need to dump in their stuff at the top and then I'll have magic come out the bottom part. <laughs> for them. So during the three days, like what, what does that kind of, look like in terms of structure? Are you executing mm -hmm. things? Are you working with them? You know, they go give you some information, you send them away to go get a massage and you <laughs> do that. Like how, yeah. how does the structure work? Yeah. So yes to all of that. No. Um, <laughs> so it depends on the person and what kind of team that they have and what kind of support that they have. Those are one of the things that we kind of figure out before we get into the weekend is um, just understanding okay, who's going to execute on this? Do you need me to? I also travel with my, my work treat facilitator, whom I love very much, but she uh, is part of my, my team and has quite a bit of like technical chops herself. And so do you need us to do a bulk of this work? Um, you know, who on your team can handle these pieces? So before we go in, we actually kind of identify the roles, not knowing exactly yet where exactly we're going to put people, you know, or like what exactly mm -hmm. needs to happen, but just like, okay, who do we have access to, 
to to potentially kick this off. And then the flow of the of the weekend is kind of, you know, we start off with that visioning work, which is kind of you and whoever is on your team, um, along with myself and my facilitator, um, so that we all kind of get this main understanding. And then from there, um, like we'll have kind of both of exactly what you said. So like we'll send out the CEO to go, I don't know, do something fun, go for a walk or go get their massage or whatever. And myself and my facilitator and like their VA or a VA that I grabbed just for this short amount of time, we're going to bang out this leads generation list because we need that before we start this next marketing piece. So by the time you get back, we will have had that done. Um, or another work session that we do is just like, okay, we've got 90 minutes or, you know, two hours or whatever, let's all just sit down and you're going to take CEO, you're going to take part A, Mel's going to take part B, we're going to, you know, send these to the designer so they can get that done. So we, we try to, we try to figure out once we know like who we have access to figure out like how we can plug and play them. And mm -hmm. typically before we start the weekend, I'll have, I have this very um, like organized calendar. It's a Google calendar and I'll just invite different people to different work blocks. Parts of it. Yeah, so they'll know like, okay, I should probably kind of be on call around this time or based off of the idea that the CEO sort of shared, we'll probably need to get, you know, design typically happens towards the end of the weekend. So there's that. Um, so that you can, we can mess around with it, but we have that kind of general structure, but they're pretty like custom based off mm -hmm. of the person and what they need and what they have access to. And are you pulling, you know, people from your network or from your team into kind of execute some of those just on an ad needed as, you know, ad hoc basis based yeah. off of what you think, or you have a consistent team that you're working with, or how does the, that structure work? Yeah, it's very, um, it's very loose. So like I have a short list of VAs with like, I kind of feel like it's the, like I have a mm -hmm. short list of people like, okay, I know this person can do like any audio work that I need done. I've got a person who just makes PDFs and digital files. I've got a person who, you know, can clean out an inbox like that, like that's her jam. And so I've got this like short list of people that I know I can pull on. And I think what re actually really works out in this aspect is that they don't have to A, be client facing them, themselves, but they get right. obviously paid for their work and B, it's super finite. And it's kind of nice to know, like, okay, they just need me for six hours. They could just on plug in Friday afternoon. You. Yeah, exactly, and just put me into their calendar, so they know. And then it's done. And if they, if that client needs more time or needs more designs or needs more whatever, then they can just I'll just connect the two of them, and that's their own separate thing. Like Ashley, Haley had to go through a process of permission giving. It wasn't just a matter of flipping the switch and saying we do ninety day projects in just three days now. There was actually a mental game to making this shift. So first of all, just for me and my business, getting to this point in which I felt comfortable enough kind of bucking the, the system of how you work with virtual assistants or virtual project managers was like a whole internal struggle of like me kind of putting it out there, but then backing it up and changing it to another format where people did work with me over months at a time because it just felt so uncomfortable. Like it felt really like, I'm not really seeing another model for this. So that well, feels weird. It's, it's always hard when you're experimenting and trying to come, yeah. like trying to push, push the boundaries of what is possible in how you run a business. But I love exactly. that it, you followed a path of what feels good to you. Where do you feel like you can deliver 
where, where, yeah. what kind of structure takes advantage of your unique strengths? Exactly. Yeah. So that was the first piece of just like, I felt it, it was a learning process for me and I legit just felt uncomfortable with it. So I kind of like put it out there and then pulled it back and then put it out there. And I'm not sure, like it was awkward. But that wasn't the only challenge Haley faced as she started to make the transition to service intensives. She also needed to convince her potential clients that working in intensives was going to be good for them and their goals too. How do I convey that A, you really can trust me. I promise you we can get more than you think possible done in three days because everyone's used to like, well, I only need a little bit of trust because I'm only paying her so much every month, you know, mm -hmm. versus this is expensive. You only have me for three days, but it's essentially, you but know, you get all months. of you. We, yes. Three months worth of stuff we cram into, you know, three days. And so just like understanding what people need to hear and what people need to understand about me and about the process so that they feel comfortable making that investment. That was like a thing that, you know, I'm trying to figure out exactly. Yeah. Um, and mainly the sale, my sales of, of this have been coming through referrals. Like um, somebody <laughs> told me like, I'm mainly doing this because I trust so-and-so and they really trust you. And so <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. how, that's how a lot of this goes. works. Yeah. And so just like being comfortable with that and not like feeling like my marketing is perfect everywhere and everything looks good and everything, you know, fits, you know, or paying someone by the hour. Like you don't have to trust them with a large amount of money or a big commitment because you only, you know, you can trust them enough for an hour to hand over whatever that is or a month and hand over whatever that costs. But having to trust them with A, you're going to be away from your home. B, it's like three days that they're not tending to their business. And C, like, they have to trust me. They just have to trust that mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing and I'm capable of pulling all these pieces in together for them. And so just the challenge of being able to, um, like, me being confident in the skills that I have and like getting testimonials from clients and, you know, understanding that, yes, this is a real skill, even though I cannot explain it to my parents. Uh, <laughs> this is a real thing. And like, you know, being good with that and then being able to convey that has been like a working, I mean, it's, I don't want to say a challenge, but it's been like something I've been very distinctly working on that I did not have to work as hard on when I just went to someone and was like, yeah, I'm a project manager. And they're like, great. I know exactly where to plug you in you know, when it's hourly or, or like, yeah, I, I mean, I have had, have always had the same issue of mm. how do you, how do you describe what you do? And I'm like, I'm part tech person. I'm part mm -hmm. CFO. I can do project management. I can, you know, where do you, <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> yeah. When, uh, I, I think that's true for all problem solvers, like people mm -hmm. who ultimately their job is to solve problems mm -hmm. versus, sell a thing or make a widget yes. when you can. And I think this is part of project managers. You can do whatever you can exactly. solve problems. <laughs> How do you solve that problem? And what part of the problem is your expertise? So like there's folks like me that do a really good job on the marketing side. Mm -hmm. um, that's not me. <laughs> I do a good job on this, you know, the software side and the finance side and the you know, the structures that make up the fabric of the back end of your business, mm -hmm. um, like operations, the word operations conveys so many different aspects yes. of a business that it's, it's hard to have the words that describe precisely what you do in a way that somebody who's not familiar with what you do understands what happens. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how did your, I guess, 
were you, did you try to sell the new version to existing clients or did you go with just transitioning from, you know, old client, sell new clients? Um, I started my first, yes. My first sale was to a, a client that did have me on retainer. And so, um, that was an easy sell mainly because like she, she knew me and knew I could like pull that off. And so she was like, yeah, great. Let's do it. Send me the invoice. I was like, perfect. My, my kind of, <laughs> my kind of sales pitch. Um, but, uh, so that was my first one and kind of let me get my feet under me of like, okay, what is it? And how does it need to look and what shape is this going to take? Um, but so, but now it's, you know, either referrals from her. Yeah. And like new people. So um, and for you personally, as the person who is executing this plan, mm-hmm. how, how did the new approach affect you running the operational capacity of your own business? Yeah. So that's been a piece that's always been hard for me because I really only work like full days in my business, three days a week and not from like a, you know, hashtag four hour work week type thing, but (laughs) from a, like, I have a four-year-old who only goes to daycare three days a week. So that's where business needs to fit. Like, I'm not trying to be cool at all. This is just how much time I have. And so just being like working backwards from that, right? So that's, um, you know, three, eight hour days, but really if I take an hour for lunch, that's 21 hours. And I know I need five hours for marketing and another hour for my own internal stuff. That's only 15 client hours I could potentially have a week. And that's like, if I cram it in with client hours, which I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to take a 15 minute break and take my dog for a walk. And so the whole setup of dollars for hours or even having people on retainer where they get me for so many hours a month had a pretty, like, I could see not very far off in the distance, like the limit of which I was going to be able to make more money just right off the bat because yeah, I mean, just you only have so many it. hours. Yeah, exactly. Like I literally had exactly 15 and that's if I crammed everything in. So, um, so I already could see like in the short distance, that's not going to continue to work. Um, and so being able to do these weekends, now I can focus more of those, you know, 15 hours on like marketing and having conversations and doing a little bit of prep work, which is mentally less taxing as it is. Mm -hmm. And then every four weeks or every, yeah, every four weeks or so, like have one of these weekends and like make money I need to make for that month or whatever. Um, So it's been really good just in terms of like, okay, how is this a solution to the time crunch that I, that I already was like kind of feeling like I was going to butt up against pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing these for a little bit. How does the new version feel to you as the business owner? Do you feel like it's um, pulling on your skills a little bit more? Are you mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about you and how much do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> about so, how, like it's a really yeah. interesting approach. So it's, yeah. I, love it. I don't know that this works for, for everybody, but this is so fun for me. Like, um, before when I was just doing kind of project management work on an, you know, rolling basis, um, I was thinking about, I I was listening to another podcast and I was thinking about someone asked a question like, Oh, could you be doing what you're doing for the next decade? And my first thought just like right off the bat was like, Oh God, I hope not. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't (laughs) want to really what you want. No, not. Yeah. That was like my gut just reaction. And so, um, so this, I'm like, absolutely. This would be so fun. Like to the point where, I mean, 
I can see multiple possibilities for how this plays out. And uh, there's there's a space here in town that I want to buy and have the co-working space in the bottom and like, you know, the like kind of Airbnb spaces in the top mm-hmm. and have people come and we can do like summer camps basically. And like, it'd be like, I just, this is fun. Like this feels That sounds fun. really fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right? That, like, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, Why wouldn't you want to go do that? <laughs> exactly. So it's just like, it's like, I feel like I finally built something that I like, this is fun and I could do this as a career. This past year has just, I felt like I've been trying to be more intentional about, I feel like the word self-care is like overused, but in my mind, it's like literally caring for myself in that like, well, what does Haley think that would be fun? Like, what would it be like if I could just pick how I did things and didn't worry about whether or not it sounded impractical or if it sounded, um, you know, like unusual or whatever? What if it didn't matter if you couldn't figure out how to explain this to everybody? What if you just did it because you liked it? And so that's been the kind of internal conversation I've been having all year about lots of things in my life, but particularly in my business. And I feel like I just like just landed on something that, like I said, I will probably still be doing this 10 years from now. And that is so cool. Like, I'm so happy about that. Both of these founders needed to give themselves permission to think differently in order to develop their unique intensive formats, to be open to the question of what if there's another way? When you're stuck in a loop of looking for frameworks or looking for other people in your industry who are doing something, it's easy to slip into the mindset of, well, this is just how things are done. And when that happens, it puts inherent limits on what your business and your work can look like. Just because there are lots of examples of ways that you can deliver services to clients already, it doesn't mean that there isn't still a better way of going about it or a way that works better for you and the business you want to run or for the specific clients you work with. I use this quote all the time, but there's an Andy Warhol quote about business being the most fascinating kind of art. Your business is your art, and you wouldn't paint a painting by following what everyone else was doing. So why do we allow ourselves to get pigeonholed into just one way of doing business? Ultimately, the choice about how you structure your business and how you work with your client is up to you. You have the power to work in any way that suits you, your life, your energy, and the kind of work you want to do. But you have to open yourself up to the idea that just because you don't know someone else who's doing it, it doesn't mean that it can't be done. My friend, Margot Aaron, who writes at thatseemsimportant.com, says, you're only a pioneer in retrospect. In the beginning, you're just weird. It's enduring the discomfort between weirdo and pioneer that's the secret. Haley and Ashley are two great examples of founders who realized that the traditional client meetings just didn't really work for them or for their clients, and they gave themselves permission to start at the beginning with a blank slate and to be a little bit weird and just take their ideas and experiment with them, refine them, improve them, and let them evolve. So if you gave yourself permission to start over with a blank slate with your own business, what would that look like? If you want to hear about some other unique strategies that might jumpstart some ideas and get your creative juices flowing, make sure you don't miss the next few episodes of the show. And if you're interested in connecting with Ashley, head to ashleygartland.com. And if you want to connect with Haley Thomas, head to LinkedIn or check out her website at brainspaceoptimized.com. Growth is only hard when your business isn't built for it. And unfortunately, the way you assume your business should be built probably doesn't leave much room for growth. 
your calendar is full, your pipeline's empty, your systems are backlogged, and you're up to your eyeballs just trying to keep it all together. I help service entrepreneurs like you boost their profit, save time, and configure their businesses for growth by carefully examining all those have-tos and shoulds that make up the way you've built your business. Together, we find ways to ease your burden while continuing to deliver incredible experiences to your clients. As your growth advisor, I'll show you that you don't have to sacrifice your work-life balance, client satisfaction, or the quality of work to have a business that's built to grow. You just have to build it differently. It all starts with getting clear on your money and your foundational systems. I'll help you identify your profit centers, define processes that drive revenue, and create automations that fuel your cash flow. I'd love to talk with you about how you can jumpstart your revenue growth by doing less. To get started, shoot me an email at susan at scalespark.co. And from there, we'll hop on the phone and see if you're a good fit for a custom growth blueprint. Again, reach out to susan at scalespark.co. I'd love to help you break through the ceiling. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafield with production assistance by Kristen Runvik. And our theme music is Feel So Fly by The Unders. <laughs> <laughs>